my partner, he went down with uh, some of our, like some stuff to the taxi, and I could hear that he locked himself out from the building. And the last thing he saw of me was like me being on all fours in the hallway, having a contraction. So I could really understand how he must be like freaking out down by the taxi, thinking, "Oh my God, I locked myself out," and she's like giving birth in the hallway. Welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Oasa Holstein. I've set out on a mission to let positive stories around birth come to life. In this episode, we will meet Martina. She's my first guest that has an additional human being within during the recording. Martina shares her thoughts on preparing for birth for the second time, to dare to trust the process once again, and how that can feel challenging despite the wisdom that birth number one went well. This is a podcast with women for women. Hi, Martina, and welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you. It's really good to have you here. Um, I'm happy to be here. And I think you are my first guest that has an additional person with her. Oh, is that so? <laughs> that is so. <laughs> so yeah. you're expecting your second child? Yes, in two months. Um, expecting my second child, uh, which is very exciting and I'm very happy about that. But, um, well, yeah, I need to start focusing on that birth, I guess. So maybe this podcast and the recollection of your first birth will help you with that. I think, yeah, I think that would be good. Zone in a little bit and just um, tap into all the emotions and the focus I had that time. Yeah, because it's different to be pregnant for the second time, wouldn't you say? So different. The first pregnancy, you could really, you were just pregnant and you could really go into that so deeply and focus on that. And in all the ways you wanted to focus, you could really prepare yourself. Um, but now with like a small child at home, life goes on and it's so hard to focus in the same way and to really just, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very different. No, I really feel I need to start focusing on this, um, this pregnancy and what's to come to, um, yeah, to be able to tap into to all the, everything that I felt the last time and to like recollect the memories, to be able to use them uh, to guide me and to feel strength. Yeah, to, to, get, to, to get strength from like, like my last experience. Because your first birth was a very positive experience for you. It was very positive. And it went, it was all I could, it was all I wanted. And of course, I'm hoping that my next time will be the same. Uh, but you don't know uh, how it's going to be. But I want to do my very best in order for this to be just as a positive birth as the last one. Hmm. You have all the chances for that. But like you yeah. say, I think also as a midwife meeting many women and also having given birth to three children my own, it's so important that you... Um, Really pay attention to each and every birth, because each time you're pregnant again, there's a new person that you're going to welcome. I know. And you need to make some space for that preparation to happen. Yeah. Because like you say, it's so hectic and there are just so many other things to attend to. Exactly. I feel I owe this baby uh, more attention than I am able to give at the moment. So I need to 
shift focus a little bit in the weeks ahead just to um, go into the pregnancy a lot more and to stay more focused um, of the birth that is to come. How uh, are you and your partner talking about this upcoming birth this time? Uh, right now, <laughs> almost not, not at all. Um, he's just like me, like, you know, life just is hectic and he's saying, oh, I need to really start focusing on this. But I think he um, he probably just thinks that, well, it went fine the last time. So I sort of, I guess he knows now a little bit more how I want things and what he can do to help me which is mainly just be there, be quiet and hold my hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> be there, be quiet and hold your hand. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. what I needed. That's that's a pretty hard task. Yeah. Just to be there when he a did a great birth. job. Okay, so that's good. So yeah. you have a good birthing partner. Yeah. So this is what I'm hearing that you have a little a little hesitation about this time, which I think is so beautiful because this is what it's like even though we have had a good experience. Once we become pregnant again, even though we know this time that our body is capable and we can do this, uh, there is always this little fear might be a strong word, but this little sensation of like, can I really do this again? Mm. And uh, I think most women feel that. Yeah, because even though you think and now I know that I have that strength within me, it's everything surrounding you like you'd never know how things happen, how things progress, um, things that you can't control can happen. And um, everything needs sort of to be in line for you to uh, be able to bring that strength out, I think. Because, I mean, it takes a lot of focus for me. It took so much focus. Like, I've never been able to focus like that on anything else in my life. And if you can't, if you're not given the right sort of environment or to to be able to focus like you need to do it. and I guess that's different for every person every woman how you want things to be but um giving the right sort of keys and tools and then and you if you can just if you're just able to focus within yourself then I'm sure everyone can bring that out but it's not only up to you because <laughs> Things can happen. So yeah, yeah. It's it's the outer circumstances exactly. too, of course. Yeah, mm. but you are now thirty one weeks pregnant. Yeah. So you have these, I don't know, maybe two months more to go. Yeah. And this is the time in pregnancy where most women start to really think about birth. Mm. The belly grows, and you yeah. can feel the baby kicking, and it's like it's it's getting closer. Yeah. So you're just in the beginning of that stretch of mental preparation yeah and it's like also before knowing if the the baby turns or not I mean because ideally it will um because I have a bit of a fear for um c-sections so uh, but you know that you've had the vaginal birth yeah down you can have a breech baby no problem I heard about this which makes me so happy because I have like quite a big phobia for surgeries and stuff so obviously I would love to have a vaginal birth again Uh, I know this because you told me that when uh, birth started when you gave birth 
your first time. You called the hospital and uh, the thing that we don't want to happen here in Stockholm and Sweden happened. Mm. The hospital was full and it was full in the whole Stockholm region. Yeah, I could not believe that because um, you think that you hear you hear that it can happen to, well, it happens to quite many women. But you think, well, of course, it's not going to happen to me. Also, since it was not even during the busy summer period, um, but um, it happened. So, and what happened to you when you got that uh, information that sorry you can't come to this hospital of choice that you had chosen prior to, you know, prior to birth starting? Uh, what happened to you when you found out that you had to go outside of the Stockholm region? Well, my first instinct was was to break down into like to, to start crying. Uh, but just like after a second, I realized, well, crying's not going to help me at all because I was like quite calm and focused at, at this point. And getting upset, I knew that would like really make me like sh- shift focus and stuff. So I was just like, okay, um, let's let's just phone a taxi then. So that's what we did. We phoned a taxi. And, and- how... how um- how many hours had you worked with contractions when you called the hospital? Well, it all actually started on the actual on my actual due date. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and I just had to go to the toilet. And when I got back into bed, I just had this wave of uh, like a menstrual cramp feeling in my belly, which was very exciting uh, because I had had not, like no cramp, like no... Uh, I didn't feel anything prior to this. Like, is like, am I getting closer to giving birth or not? I had no idea. But that was quite um, a cool sensation because I had read about like the wave feeling. Um, so that sort of came and went in the early hours that morning. And then as we got up to have breakfast, it sort of um, went away. And then during the day, I went out for a walk, went to the store. And I guess I had some contractions quite weak every now and then. And then in the afternoon, I was like doing stuff at home, trying to bake a cake. And I was going to go to a meeting at six o'clock. But I think around five, I it got more intense, the contractions. Like so I had did to... you suspect that something was going on yeah well I spoke to both my sister and my mom and they were like well we think actually this might be it something yeah we think something's gonna happen and I was like okay okay um so and as yeah around five maybe I had to like sort of start leaning towards the table and chairs and I was like, oh, I don't think I can go to this meeting because it'll be very embarrassing if I sit there and I like <laughs> can't talk and I have to like lean over or I don't know. So I was just like, no, I'll just stay home. And they got more and more intense. And I, I, we phoned in uh, the first time, I think around seven in the evening. And they said, okay, okay, good to know. Well, we're full here now, but you can have a bath, you can lie down, stay at home, make yourself comfortable. And then call back when the contractions are like an, an, a minute long and like two minutes apart. So like, okay. Uh, and I tried to take a bath, 
which wasn't so comfortable when I was at home. Then we went to bed and like I was lying down in bed trying to relax. I couldn't go to sleep. My 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 partner, he went to sleep. But I was just lying there feeling all like my belly and my body. And it was very exciting. And then around midnight, I started timing them, like clocking them a little bit again. And I could now see that they were... They were a minute long and they were quite regular. So then we phoned the hospital again. And yeah, that's when we <laughs> were told that there's no places in anywhere of Stockholm or the closest cities around. Yeah, and when, then we had to phone that taxi. And you had to go to a place called Nyköping, which yeah. is like... Um, A hundred kilometers from Stockholm or even more. Uh Well, luckily it was in the middle of the night, so it wasn't bad traffic. There was some like roadworks along the way. But um, I I mean, because when I was at home in bed, it was like, it was okay for me. And I got the contractions and I could stay calm and focused. And But the minute we had to like get out of bed gather our things, our bags, to go down to the taxi. Then, like, standing up and doing all this, like, when I got a contraction, I had to go down on all fours because it was just so much harder to take the contractions when I weren't, like, in a comfortable uh, position. So, <laughs> and Eric, my partner, he went down with uh, some of our, like, some stuff to the taxi. And I could hear that he locked himself out from the building. And the last thing he saw of me was, like, me being on all fours in the hallway having a contraction so I could really understand how he must be like freaking out down by the taxi thinking oh my god I locked myself out and she's like giving birth in the hallway uh, so after contraction I I took the last things went um, locked our door and went down to the taxi And uh, I got another contraction just as I stepped out of a building and I had to go down on all fours again <laughs> on the ground, like next to the taxi. But um, as soon as I got into the taxi and I made myself comfortable in the back seat, like sitting up, but like uh, leaning back quite a bit and holding on to like the little handlebar on mm. the side of the door. And because it was the middle of the night, there it was a beautiful moon that night. So I looked outside out of my window in the taxi and I focused like I was looking at the moon. And it was so calm because it was like almost no traffic. And the taxi driver, he was um, talking to Eric about like his mother. She gave birth to so many kids like up in the mountains in Turkey. And so he was quite cool and... I just sat there and I was like thinking, well, at least they're not going to send me home uh, once I get to Nyköping because that was the hardest thing being at home. You you didn't know, like, was this the real deal? Is something happening? Um, maybe I'm not dilated anything or maybe uh, you don't know, like you don't know what's real or what's not. So, But I thought they're not going to send me home from there. So I'll just have to cope with this journey and then we'll be there watching you uh because you can't see this on (laughs) you can't see it when you listen to the podcast you look really happy when you talk about the taxi driver and it was so calm like i just felt i yeah i just remember looking at the moon 
and being so calm inside of me because I knew we were on our way. They're not going to send us back home. I'm doing this journey once. And, and I just knew I had to stay calm and positive in order to keep breathing calmly and coping with the contractions because that was really my key. That was my tool uh, to handle everything. And I didn't want to start to get stressed or to freak out or to start thinking like negative thoughts. And it was just about being there in the moment, taking it like step by step, minute by minute, because I couldn't, I didn't know what was to come. I couldn't plan anything. I just, just like had to follow my, my body and what, what would happen and trust in the process. I love this because this is what you're doing is that you're <laughs> taking the the big fear of getting sent away and making it into something positive, like yeah. dealing with the circumstances yeah. uh, in best possible way. And that's all we can do when we give birth. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know how many hours it's going to take. There are so many things we don't know. Exactly. All I knew at that point was that I I had to manage, like I had to just stay calm during the taxi journey. And then what was to come when I got there, I didn't know. I mean, because I didn't know how my body was doing in the whole process. But um, just like being then and there in the moment, I, that, that was my main focus. So, yeah, this is something that I do not often like I'm, I'm not often able to do this in my everyday life. And I was so happy that whilst giving birth, I was actually able to just be in the moment. I was just going to ask the question, is this what you're like in everyday no, life? But no, not no, at all. It was a special circumstance. It was, yeah. And you rose it's, to the occasion. It's something I wish that I could I like do more in my everyday life. But um, I'm always planning ahead, thinking ahead. So, um, and I, yeah, I have a hard time being focused and being like, just like here and now. So I was so happy I <laughs> managed to do that. So this is where you can draw strength mm. for the second birth. Yeah, That you exactly. did this, this extraordinary circumstance. Yeah. That is the one circumstance that we living in Stockholm fear. And that happened to you. Do you talk about this taxi and the moon and the driver and mm. you staying so calm, so... Yeah. That's your source of strength. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I know now that I do have it within me. Uh, so that just needs to come out again. Yeah, and I look at you now as a midwife. It will come out again. Yeah, I think Once so. Once it's called upon, yeah, it exactly. will come out. Yeah, That's how we work. <laughs> yeah, it has to. <laughs> it has to. Yeah. That's how we are wired. Exactly. I need your support. I have joined Patreon as a way to finance this project to enable me to produce more episodes. And I would be absolutely thrilled if you would like to support me in this mission of mine about letting more positivity around birth come to life in this podcast. Together, I truly think that we can change the narrative around birth so that more women can start to believe in the power of birth. Go to Patreon and look for the podcast. So you sat for an hour almost? In yeah, taxi? I guess it took pretty much like an hour. So we got there to the hospital. And as I stepped out of the taxi, I had another contraction because I had to go down on all fours again, stepping out of the taxi, like outside the hospital entrance. 
And in, since it was in the middle of the night, we had to ring this bell. And well, we got inside and it was just so calm when we got inside and we were greeted by a midwife and a nurse and it was quiet and I just had a really good feeling uh, from the beginning. And we got into the room and I guess I was asked to change into like the hospital gown and as I did that and I was in the toilet, I was actually sick. And this was the only time I was sick during uh, the whole process. And I was so happy that I wasn't sick in the taxi that it happened in the, um, the bathroom. But once I was changed into like the hospital clothes and I was hooked up to the, well, they were monitoring the heart of the baby and she examined me and she said, well, well done. You've done great work. You're dilated seven centimeters. And I was just like, Wow. Maybe my body can do this. Something has happened and I've been able to cope with it. And it just gave me like the boost I needed thinking, yeah, maybe I can do this. There's just like my body knows what to do. And it's, well, it's actually doing the work already. So that gave me a, a great confident boost. And I was very happy to hear that. And because I had um, I had written in my letter that I, I didn't necessarily want to have an epidural or anything else. I wanted to see how my body could cope with everything, just like to let things progress. And then obviously, if needed, I was open to epidural or anything, something else. And the midwife, she just suggested that I would take a bath. And I'm not like a huge fan of taking baths normally. But I was like, okay. <laughs> and, yeah, because you mentioned that you took a bath at home and it wasn't yeah, that comfortable. Yeah, that was not comfortable no. at all. But I went into the bath, um, the bathroom and the bathtub and um, I stayed there for four hours. Or not, three, three or four hours. Well, you did? Yeah, because like lying down in the bath and I had sort of my legs, my feet out, my arms out and my belly was half covered in water. And then I was holding Eric's hand and I, I, yeah, I was like in a comfortable position and he had to, when I, I said, I told him, well, it's a bit cold now. So every now and then he had to like fill it up with a bit more hot water, but he had to hold my hand the whole time because if he didn't hold my hand, I lost focus a bit. Mm. So I could cope really well with the contractions lying there, relaxing, holding his hand What do you think it was about the hand holding that was so important for you? I don't know, but it just really gave me strength and made me calm. Mm. And I guess I felt like, I mean, I wasn't alone in this, but I didn't need any talking or any massage. I just really wanted to Like a physical yeah. connectiveness. Yeah. yeah. And every now and then the midwife came in and she listened to the baby's heart because she could do that the old school way which was really good for me, I guess, since I could stay in the bath. With a wooden pinard. Exactly. I thought it was so cute. And she had like a little clock around her neck that she was like looking and listening. So that went on from, I guess, maybe three three or four in the morning till seven o'clock in the morning when a, a new midwife came on. 
And I really liked her from the start. She just gave a really good impression. And she asked me, well, I'm not like the old school midwife, so I, I would like for you to step out of the bathtub if you can, because I, I would like to examine you and I would like to listen to the baby's heart. So I did that and she was like, oh, you're 10 centimeters open now. Well done. But um, the baby's head was quite far up, so it needed to come down. Had the water broken by now? No, 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 it hadn't. So at this time, we started like being in different positions, a bit more upright because I had been lying down in the mm. bath for many hours. So I was sitting on the Pilates ball quite a bit, which I liked. And I, before giving birth, I had an idea that I was going to like the Pilates ball, which I did because I was sitting there and I was still very calm and we have like a sound clip from around this time and in between contractions I'm listening to my like I, I I talked and when I listen to that it just sound like I'm super drugged out because mm. I was so I was like so into myself into my body and it sounds yeah it just and you can see the photos taken from around this time like I'm I'm not really in the room. I'm mm. somewhere else, like mm. focusing. But in a good place. In a very good yeah, place. Yeah. I was so calm on the High inside. on oxytocin, I'd say. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And I texted I, I texted my mom and my sister saying, well, I'm 10 centimeters open, la, 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 la. Uh, but the baby's head needs to come down. So, And I, I think I also had like micro sleeps in between contractions. Mm. I it was very Sitting calm. on the Pilates ball. Yeah, like mm. leaning onto the mm. bed. I just remember everything being so calm and quiet. The midwife was there, like she was present pretty much all the time, but she just, you know, she suggested like, maybe we can try another position now. Maybe you can move here. Maybe like asking me things. And I was like, okay, okay. And Eric was there and the nurse was there. But it was just, they let me stay in my zone. Like they didn't try to talk too much or they didn't interfere with you no, it sounds like which I'm, mm. I was so happy mm. about that because it was just what I needed mm. I needed for it to be like calm quiet so it took quite like it took many hours then like it was just like moving around in different positions um and they examined me every now and then maybe I don't really remember but um I was starting to get really tired as well because I hadn't slept since four o'clock, well, the day before in the mm. morning. So, I mean, I was tired and I hadn't eaten. Um, so by the time the pushing con contraction started to come, uh, I was quite tired and they were quite weak. So I don't really remember like the shift, but I do remember all of a sudden, like, making a lot more sound. Not really screaming, but, yeah, making a lot of sound. And the midwife told me, like, well, this is your birth, and you're allowed to scream and moan and do whatever sounds you like, but try to focus, try to make the sound more inwardly, like, use the power from your voice. So after, like, the first one or two I tried to like more use the 
energy more like to to as a strength inward um well so because the contractions were a bit weak they they started giving me the oxytocin for them to be more uh, strong uh, I don't remember when my water broke. It was when she examined me, but I don't know if this was just before the pushing contraction started or if it was shortly after. I think the pu- it took a while before the pushing contractions were stronger and longer. Uh, and we we tried many different positions. She guided me saying like, oh, maybe we can try this position now. And I was up against leaning on like to the the walking stool or whatever you say. And I was sitting on the little like birding stool and I was lying in the bed um, just to, I guess, to keep moving as well. Mm. Uh, And I started to get more and more tired. And I could, I, I also think I had not the best technique in the beginning and that, and also because my body was so tired, but they just did a great job guiding me and giving me, like, encouraging me to, and you know, you can do this, and trying to say in every contraction how much to push and for how long, and to push in one contraction, and I was just like, oh my god, how can I find more strength? Like, how can I, how can I do this now? My body's so tired. Mm. And it was just like so hard to realize how much strength you needed in every contraction for something to happen. Because I think she was just like bouncing a bit back and forth. And I felt well, nothing's happening and I'm giving all that I have and it's not doing anything. No, it's because you didn't have strong enough contractions. Yeah. So, you know, you need the contractions. You can't just... Especially not with the first baby. Yeah. You cannot just only by will push the baby out. You need to have help from the uterus yeah. contracting and pushing the baby down. Yeah. So I mean, so my pushing phase was, it lasted for like around two hours. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the end, they there was a doctor in the room as well. And I was thinking like, oh my God, it's just this is not going to happen because nothing is happening. And what, what else can I do? And... I'm running out of energy here. Um, but they were really supportive and they just like saying good things and guiding me. Did you ever feel scared? No, I didn't feel scared at all. I know now that Eric was very scared at mm. some points. Mm. Um, did not show that to me at all, which is impressive. Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> <laughs> um no, not even when like the doctor came in and they had a bit of an argument and my midwife and the doctor like in more position they wanted me mm. and stuff. But I was so into myself that I couldn't really register things and I couldn't... So you were still in a good place, but you yeah, were no, having I was thoughts a, about not having enough energy. Yeah, I was but, in a very good place, but I was running out of energy mm. and I... I was just thinking, oh my God, some, so soon they're going to have to do something to get the baby out because um, I don't, maybe I can't do this. But I didn't really have fear and I didn't feel stressed. I, just, I was just very, very tired. And yeah, but then she finally came 
out sort of well she was like well she came out uh, and it's funny because I didn't I hear in many stories women say like you, they could feel when the baby came out like first they can feel like the pain when the head's like almost out and then they can feel the whole body coming out and I, I can't remember feeling that at all because I was still I guess so much in my head or somewhere else in my body like I could not I don't remember that pain or that sensation feeling at all I just remember feeling so relieved when she was out and I realized she was out and when did you realize she was out when she started to scream I think they said that she was out and I think I guess maybe she screamed But they said, I think they said she was out. And I didn't really want to look. And I also didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. So I asked, like, oh, is it a boy or a girl? And they wouldn't even say at first. Like, they <laughs> said other things. I don't really even remember what. Because they wanted you to find out yourself, you Well, think? maybe. But I think then they told me and put her on my chest. Like, But then she had, like, a blanket around her and stuff already. And I, I was just so relieved that it was over because I was so tired. Mm. And I really, uh, it was, I was, so I was crying out of relief, really, mm. because it was, um, I had just given everything. Yeah. yeah, I had given everything that I had and she was out and she was fine and it was surreal And then after that, like, when they examine you and when they sort of stitch you up a bit, you you couldn't care less. Like, you just lie there with your legs up in the air and they do all sorts of things. And you're just, like, too fo like focused on what you've done on the baby and you don't care at all about your body or what happened or anything, really. I just remember really wanted to brush my teeth because I was just... <laughs> So I asked Eric to bring me my toothbrush after a while. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was that, that was uh, cool. <laughs> And then you get your energy back quite quickly, which is also weird because you had empty, you have emptied your body completely and you've given everything. And then when it's over, you sort of get some energy back mm. and strength. And uh, it's, it's like what everything, everything you've been through, it's like, okay, <laughs> it's so big. And I, fe I remember afterwards I felt, I felt so much love for my midwife and the nurse in the room. Like I was just thinking that they were the best people <laughs> in this world. I felt so like so much gratitude and love for them and I like I couldn't thank them enough did you know that you had the superpower within you no I was hoping I had I had it but I wasn't sure I was I was gonna be able to bring it out but um I'm very happy that I I managed to do that and and it's strengthening now to know that i can do that and i do have that power it gives you like an extra confident boost in your daily life as well 
So has it changed the way you look upon yourself? Yeah, I think so, because um, just knowing that it does exist within me and under the right circumstances, I'm able to bring it out. And I think I can use that if something were to happen, not just like giving birth, but something else. Maybe I can find strength and power in that knowledge. What would you say was the most important thing for you to stay so calm and focused? Mm, that it was like the environment around me, that it, it was just so calm and quiet. And that they let, that the people around me, the midwife, the nurse and my partner, that they just trusted in me and let me, they just, yeah, they didn't interfere with me. They let me do my thing. They, they read me, I guess. They saw that this is what she needs. So that's what we're giving her. And then the presence of them without interfering with me. Sounds like they trusted you. Yeah, they must have. Uh, Which is a beautiful thing. Very beautiful. <laughs> mm. That's. I think that was why I felt so much love for them afterwards. That they read me and understood me and respected me and my will. It was something very beautiful, I think. Was it anything during this process that surprised you? One thing is like how little you care about your body. Like when, in a way, all you care about is your body because you're so inside of your body. But I mean, little fears that many women I think have before giving birth the first time about like, oh, how's that going to be? And I'm going to be so exposed. And what if that happens or that happens? When it comes down to it, you don't care about those little things, I would say, um, because there's something greater going on. And that's the important thing. And yeah, the overall process of giving birth is just so powerful that any little thing and worry besides that just like disappears, which is something very positive. Trusting in your body, knowing that your body knows what to do and the baby knows what to do. So just tune in and follow whatever the body tells you. Trust, trust in your body. And then obviously I, I felt trust for the people surrounding me. They gave, they, like, they gave such a good impression and they were really there during the whole process. So I felt very confident and safe during it all, which was helpful. Which is a red thread in the story so far in the podcast. Feeling respected, mm. feeling listened to, uh, feeling secure, being surrounded by people that give you love. Yeah. And trust you. And uh, if you have that, many things can happen that you haven't anticipated and that you haven't wished for. And you can still have a positive birth experience. Yeah. Which I think is really cool and good to know in advance. Exactly. You never know what's to come, but whatever happens, it can turn out to be the best thing anyway. If you're just open for... Um, changes like in 
whatever you're thinking will happen, knowing that you can't control anything, basically. The only thing you can control is your head. Maybe which is not really even. hard, which yeah, is so tricky. <laughs> but the thing you can control that's easier is your breath. And if you control your breath and relax, your head will stay so much calmer. Yeah. And just, you know, sometimes it's also good to just embrace the, if you have a negative thoughts, because sometimes you think that I cannot have negative thoughts, that's going to make my birth really bad. And of course, if you can have positive thoughts, the body will react in a more positive way than Mm. if we have negative thoughts. But if you do have negative thoughts, just embrace them and just like, okay, I have this thought now. Okay, welcome. Don't stay too long. (laughs) And just ride with it. Yeah. Thank you so much for participating in the podcast and sharing your birth story. Well, thanks for having me. And sharing your thoughts about giving birth for the second time in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We shall see what happens. (laughs) May the force be with you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Åsa Holstein. And thank you, dear Martina, for sharing your story. I think it's so beautiful that we can find that inner peace when it's called upon and be completely in the moment. To find the focus that we need to cope with the circumstances given to us so that we can let birth unfold the way it needs to. If you're not a patron supporter yet... Do join me in this quest of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life. Go to Patreon and look for the podcast. Other ways to support me and the podcast is to rate us on whatever pod platform you're using and spread the word about it by sharing it with friends, family and colleagues. Thank you. If you want to read more about me, check out the positivebirthstorypodcast.com. May the force be with you.